If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minchus, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. I have the very cool, very amazing Rebecca Hall with me here today. So I just want to say hi to Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, I should say. Hey, I'm glad to be back. I love doing this. It's so fun. Well, I can tell you that the show we did together way back last, I don't know, it was like a year ago already, was one of the most downloaded shows. So congratulations. And I'm assuming this one will have the same effect on our listeners. So excited to dig in. But before we get there, everybody, I just want to thank our sponsor, The Dancing House. They, Melissa Huber, who has been on the show, definitely go back and listen to her interview. But she has stepped up to be a sponsor for six of our shows, and we're just super grateful. And let's learn a little bit about the dancinghouse.com. Taking care of ourselves is key to care of our world, right? However, it's more and more difficult to find the time to get to the yoga studio or a gym, and no one likes being surrounded by strangers when we're working out. We could work out at home, but it's nearly impossible to stay motivated. And let's be honest, searching for great video options on YouTube may have you giving up before you even get your shoes on. The good news is that TDH Virtual Experience has got you covered. So the Dancing House has gone online. You can experience a class setting virtually on your terms. Experience yoga, boogie fit dance fitness, and even ballet and tap dance lessons simply by logging into your account. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions and receive personalized answers and be part of a fun, supportive community without leaving your home. It's the best of both worlds. TDH virtual experience for anyone, anywhere, anytime. And it starts at just $25 a month. So if you want to check it out, go to thedancinghouse.com and claim your two-week free trial today. No credit card is required and new classes are added every week. That's thedancinghouse.com. Definitely go there, check it out. And it's true, you don't have to put a credit card in. You can check it out for two weeks. I'm actually going to try the ballet. So that's my goal right now. <laughs> Working on, I always wanted to do it. And Melissa has amazing energy. So definitely check her out. And thank you to the Dancing House and Melissa Huber for being a sponsor. With that, I want to tell you about Rebecca Hall and why I'm so excited to have her back. 
Rebecca and I have known each other, we think for 10 years, but we know it's more than that. Seems like a lifetime. We love working together. I think you'll see why. We love coaching our clients together. We love training in rooms together. It's just a lot of fun because when we get together, we see our clients take quantum leaps. Rebecca is a veteran business coach with over 10 years of experience, more than that, I don't know, with all your life experience and has worked with over 2,500 companies. She's the former director of organizational development and has done leadership coaching for a $100 million tech company in Arizona and much more. Rebecca's specialty areas include operations, system sales, marketing strategies, product development, leadership, revenue modeling, and even management of private aircraft, which is my favorite. So someday when I have my private aircraft, I'm going to call Rebecca up. So Rebecca, welcome back to the show. Excited about what's going to happen today. I want to get started by having you tell the listeners, I mean, some of our listeners have never met you before. So what do you want them to know? Tell us a little bit about your journey and what brought you into this very interesting world of coaching and personal development? Right. Just all the good stuff, all the highlights. <laughs> yeah, none of the bad stuff. None of the struggles. Hear that. Yeah. Well, there was no struggles. I mean, who has struggles? That's crazy. That's right. Yeah. So real quick, I mean, my background, I grew up in Utah. So there's always a little bit of entrepreneur element hanging out in Utah, right? Utah seems to be the birthplace of a lot of network marketing and MLMs. I have a joke that when a baby's born, it's like, it's a boy. And now they're in Nikon or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a little dabble of that. My parents were in it. But I think what's interesting about entrepreneurs is it's kind of always there, right? You're the kid that starts babysitting or you have the lawn mowing business or, you know, you're selling candy at school. Like it's just that one kid that just seems to be able to capitalize on what other people want or need and they make it really exciting. So I wasn't super outgoing, but I was definitely a thinker and I was always thinking and also very motivated by money from a sense of freedom, right? My parents couldn't tell me no if I wanted something, if I had my own money. So I like to joke that my very first business was Avon. And those of you that know me, or when you get to know me, that will become (laughs) increasingly more funny. So yeah, my mom had a friend that did Avon. And back then, man, what was that? Like the late 70s, early 80s, like you had to store all the inventory in your garage. And so whenever inventory kind of had been there a while and she wanted to move it, I basically sold that outside my house. I put some signs up for the weekend and I just sat out there and sold lipstick. And the biggest challenge was making sure that the lipstick didn't melt in the sun. So, you know, I didn't make very much money at all. As I got older, I got my first job at 14 and then I did a lot of side gigs all the time. So babysitting, I made sandwiches for meetings once with no food handlers permit. That was fun, right? But it was really fun. So, you know, moving up towards, you know, adulthood, I kind of took a detour and got married. So I married the paycheck, which was awesome. But when that marriage wasn't going to have the longevity, I really had to figure out like, what do I want to do? And that's when I went back to my entrepreneurial roots and did some studying around real estate finances. I've held a six and a 63 and a 26. So if you have any financial background, that will be a little bit impressive. If you don't know anything about it, just so you know, it's really impressive. And I've also done some real estate investing. 
But where my heart really landed was working with people to put together their businesses. So I started coaching pretty seriously around 2006, 2007, helping people who had no idea like what their business was going to be, starting to put those things together. So I really got in the trenches with people on, okay, tell me your skill set, you know, how much money do you want to make? What do you want it to look like? And really started putting that together. And over the years, I've just evolved into, you know, working with small to medium sized businesses and even the $100 million tech company. That was a big one. And that one stands out and probably won't be multiplied because I really want to focus on the small business. And so the $100 million company was a great experience actually for me. And I really enjoyed a lot of it. And there were some parts that maybe weren't enjoyable. Not that it was bad, just that I really love working with small businesses. I love hitting, we call these S-curves, right, where you have some success and then that leads you to new challenges and you really have to dig in to get to the next level. And so I think it's great. I really see business as like the cockpit of an airplane. There's so many levers and knobs and buttons and every time you push one or activate one, it can shift the direction or the operation of the plane. And I really think business is like that. You can really make little shifts and you can get big results. It's just being willing to stick with that and figure that out because every business has its own little secret formula. And I love working with businesses to discover what that is. So, you know, you and I have worked together for quite a long time. We've worked with a lot of businesses and it's just plain fun. I mean, we've impacted a lot of lives. And I think if you have to make a living at anything, when you impact lives doing it, it's pretty rewarding. So that would be how I've arrived here this morning. That's fantastic. I love it. Well, I always love to hear your story. And, you know, during the show, this show, we really want to dig into what it's like to coach together. I think you'll get a sense of, you know, how we work together and how well we communicate. And I think now we're in the world of, you know, we're pretty telepathic with each other. I can read Rebecca's mind and she can read mine, especially when we're in a classroom where we're with clients. We're pretty much, you know, on that frequency all the time, which is really important because we do both coach our client. We work with our clients receive private coaching from both of us. And so when they're in a program, they get both of us and they get, you know, we're kind of yin and yang. And we both have a lot of similar strengths, but then there's other areas where Rebecca, you know, she loves to talk about operations all day long. That's not my thing. I'd rather talk about sales all day long. So we balance each other out really well and we can help our clients move faster because what we've seen is that once they go out and start to sell a lot, right, they start to get this sales momentum going then suddenly it's a question of scaling. And that's where, you know, the sessions with Rebecca are so important because she's going to help them with team systems, putting all the pieces together so that they can scale and grow, which she's going to talk about later on the call. But without that, they get stuck. And that's where most entrepreneurs stop. Mm-hmm. We see people get, you know, they can, I think the hardest point to hit is your first six figures, your first hundred thousand. And then you get 250 and then we see 500 and then we see a million. But we've seen some clients go from like zero to 60, you know, from 1100 a month to, you know, over a million in a year and a half. We've had some anomalies and that's not everybody, but we'll talk a little bit about that today as well. Like why do some people take those massive quantum leaps? So if you didn't take out a piece of paper and a pen yet, definitely do that because you're going to want to take some notes and you'll probably listen to the show multiple times. So let's talk about limiting beliefs first. That's a fun place to play. And we see limiting beliefs cropping up, you know, in our classroom when we're doing two days of sales camp. We see it with our clients. Rebecca, in your experience, what do you think are the top two limiting beliefs that our clients have about sales and selling? 
Yeah. I think the hard part is, Rebecca, what are the top two? <laughs> because <there's a> lot. <laughs> it's really interesting because you and I have both had extensive training on, you know, NLP, language, all of those type of things. And so a lot of times we have living beliefs we don't even know we have. So it's definitely a wide range to pick up. But I would say the top two. Number one is, you know, I don't deserve it. There's something about when you hang your own sign and now it's you and you're selling yourself, that really rustles up a lot of things. And sometimes it keeps people from starting or it they like put a veil over it. Like they talk all about the thing, but they don't connect themselves to it. And so then what happens is there's no sale because then the sale is will pay me for all this exciting things I just told you about. And so like really declaring yourself as the expert. And I would say too, I've talked to a lot of people that they sell X and X is actually happening in their life, right? So when it's like a service or coaching or things like that, or even like say they don't use the product. So, you know, I've had people that sell like huge enterprise network security and you know they don't use it so then they kind of starts winding you know you can talk about features and benefits all day long but it winds down to you completing that transaction all this stuff comes up about deservability or your butts on the line now to be able to fulfill on that so it stops people a lot so they talk a lot and then they get no sales and then they get super frustrated that they have no money and all they're doing is working but they're just not completing that because there's that belief there that doesn't allow them to complete the transaction based on how they feel about how they're showing up or how they represent themselves personally to the client when it comes to the service or product. So I'd say that's a big one. And then the second one I would say is pricing. And some people just really struggle on pricing. And what happens is, is we bring our own belief about money into that equation. So I mean, that just has the face of so many things like, well, I wouldn't pay that for this, right? Or that seems expensive or they severely underprice themselves because they think that nobody else will pay it or they get like super fantastical and they step into the other person's bank account and life for some reason and think that they can actually understand how this person would spend money. So we get ourselves tangled into price both on our beliefs and our deservability. And also for some reason, sometimes we try to decide the other person, the prospect's destiny on buying and we get mixed up in that. And just energetically, it really sabotages sales. You know, I talked to a woman, man, it was a while ago, but she had this huge thing against her mom. It was asking for money and then it reflected on something as a child with her mom. Like her mom had... Like she was like eight and then her mom had this friend and all she can remember is the mom's friend had brought over this like set of coins, like collectibles and had given it to her mom. And she was mad at her mom forever about that. And I was like, why are we mad? What's going on? And she's like, well, that family just didn't have any money. And I was like, why didn't they have any money? And she goes, well, they had seven kids. And I'm like, that, yeah, that's a lot of kids. But I mean, like, were you in the other family's like personal checking account? Were you helping them pay bills? Like, you know, what did you understand about that transaction? And she wasn't, she didn't know anything about it. She created this whole belief that her mom had like taken this valuable thing from this family that had nothing 
And that had created her whole view of how she could ask people for money. It was like, I mean, that was definitely like one of the bigger extremes, but an eight-year-old child formulated a belief that we shouldn't take money from people that don't have it, even though we don't know if they have it or not, we're just making an assumption. And that was clearly what was stopping her and her business 30 years later. That's how powerful this stuff is. And so the pricing you know, price is irrelevant in a lot of ways, you know, and we talk a lot at sales camp and in our coaching, like how to arrive at a price, right? It could be like, you know, around the industry standard, it could be don't go lower than this. And what's the most you should charge and settle somewhere in the middle. But, you know, at the end of the day, people buy because you solve a problem and meet a need. That's it. And so when you're pricing and you know who you're talking to, you should get a pretty good idea of what someone's going to pay to solve a problem in their life, right? Ursula, you and I love solving the problem of a dirty house. We do not want to do that. And there are some people that is just ridiculous. Like I could fill my gas tank two times and drive all around town. That's 600 miles in my car that I could drive for the price of someone cleaning my house. And you and I are like, that's the last thing I want to be focused on in life is the dirty toilet. So it only costs $60 to get this taken off my hands. Done. That's a no brainer. Do you know what I could do with that two hours that I would have to sit and clean my house? Because I'd spend the first hour like deflecting why I can't or something else is more important. So, you know, And I'm not saying like everyone go hire somebody to clean your house. I actually am because it's amazing. And once you do it, you'll never give it up. But the truth is, is that's me, right? That's what's important to me. You can't judge what people value, whether it's money, things. You know, you might have something that you think solves everyone's problem and no one's buying. And you just can't figure it out because to you, it's the most important thing on the planet. So then you run up against that price thing. I'd say most often people don't charge enough and that's because we are stingy with our own money, right? We have those beliefs about our own money and what we're willing to spend it on. And then we basically lay that belief on everybody else. And then it hurts our business. If you really believe in cash flow, it flows in and out. You know, I find it so interesting because I've made some personal goals about, I mean, I have investments and all that kind of stuff in real estate. But I'm trying to hit this particular goal with just flat out cash in my bank account. And it's not working for some reason, because every time I start building it up, like something comes along, like, you know, thousands of dollars that needs to go in that direction. And it's like, I could choose two ways to look at that. The first way I could be super frustrated that I don't hit my goal. And, you know, it's just fun for me. The other thing is I can be in awe that every time I need a chunk of cash, I always have for something, I always have the cash to do it. It's been happening for like a good 90 plus days right now. So I'm actually having fun with like, well, this is interesting. You know, every time I need something or something shows up, that's an opportunity for me and it requires cash. I have this cash to do it. So, you know, it all is perspective. It's all belief. But one thing I do know is I don't freak out about that balance going low when it goes low, because I know that I have the capability and I know the universe has got me and it's going to build back up. And it's literally gone up and down for three plus months. And that's a great example of what cash flow is. And you've got to treat your business like that. Guess what? You can make money in your business. Awesome. Guess what? You're going to spend money running your business. Awesome. If you have money coming in and out, that's really, really good. It's not called cash hoard 
nothing happens when you're hoarding. Everything is stagnant. And you end up with a lot of stuff you don't want or that, you know, a lack of. And so I think, you know, my advice is pick a price and go with it. Do a little bit of research, you know, but like go try it, you know, but don't sell yourself short on the pricing thing. I think that happens more often than not. Well, selling yourself short. And what about making assumptions? And you touched on this about whether or not someone can pay you the pricing, right? You have to, you know, establish your pricing. And by the way, I mean, like Rebecca and I have both spent multi six figures in coaching for ourselves. So when we ask someone else to step up, they do. And I've always moved the fastest when I've invested at the highest level with the best coaches that I can find to work with, right? (laughs) It's like, it always comes back tenfold. And so when you're asking people to invest, whether it's a service or a product or whatever it is, it is going to make a difference in their business or in their life. And they know that they're going to throw that method of payment at you. They're just going to figure it out. But the other piece is, you know, don't assume. I mean, I've done it, Rebecca, we've done it where, you know, we've tried to guess who, you know, might decide to do coaching next. And we're not always right about like, who's ready to go. Sometimes I was just talking to actually Denny, one of our team members yesterday, sometimes the most, the quietest people in the room, she was sharing this are, you know, the people that are going to step forward. You didn't even know they were interested. They weren't even asking questions. So for all of you in your own businesses, there might be a prospect who's kind of sitting on the sidelines, who's been consuming all your, you know, online information, go into your website, has never talked to you. And all of a sudden they show up one day and they're like, Hey, I'm ready to go. That's why it's important to have those sales goals. Also, I have a thought, Rebecca, on your, the financial piece you were talking about. I think when you get closer to that deadline for that money that you want, I think it's going to come like there's, you know, cause I think all this, like you said, the funny has always shown up that you need. So you're getting closer to when that when you need that money or the solution is already there, right? Like this is a hard lesson for myself as well. Like there's, I'm remembering too that, you know, cause in business cash ebbs and flows. And one second I move into ego about cash in my business, I move out of serving. And so it's this constant pullback into why are we here? We're here to serve. And you and I talk about that a lot. Like when we're at sales camp, we're in the room to serve at the highest level and really support our clients. It was a great reminder for everyone. Like, yes, there's cash flow. Yes, you have to hit sales goals. And there's the balance of I'm here to serve at the highest level. And finding that perfect balance in the middle, it's not always a balance, but finding that space in the middle, I think is important to to work on. One of the things that I always like to play around with when someone's struggling with the pricing or the cash conversation is, We can all think of that one person, that one friend, that one family member that we think they don't have any money, but they always tend to have like the nicest stuff. Like, no offense, but I've seen some homeless people with iPhones. (laughs) So, you know, that's all relative, right? But all I'm trying to point out is people will find the money. They will spend the money when you're solving their problem or meeting their need. That it's that simple. So for you to put your money beliefs on somebody else is truly unfair because the truth is you have no idea. You're not walking in their shoes. You have no idea what they value. And so why don't we just like move that off the table and just focus on what you're trying to do, like who you're trying to serve, the problem you solve and the need that you meet and enjoy the transaction of cash. That's what makes the world go around no matter what, you know, from charities all the way to like, I don't know, arms dealers. There's some sort of cash always flowing and there's no reason that you can't be a part of that. So, you know, remove that block you have about transactional cash between you and somebody else, because the only thing that you can control is your side. 
not what they value all of that. And if you're on your target market, it's almost like business chemistry. It's kind of a no brainer. And for most people, when they're making a decision to buy something big, like a car, house, coaching, whatever, like the money, the the financial part of that is usually the last part of the transaction. It really is connecting on, do I need this thing? Is this thing going to solve my problem? Is it going to meet my need? And it's making the decision to move forward in that. And so you should spend more time on that, getting clarity on that with your prospect than, you know, figuring out like nickels and dimes and pennies on how to pay for stuff. People will always figure out how to pay for it when they want it. Yes. And to remember that, you know, one of my coaches said money comes from God through people or from spirit or universe or whatever you want to call it. Like it's not about us. It's about letting money flow so you can serve. So the more we can get out of the way and stop thinking so much, just come from a place of serving. Someone's either going to, yes, they want what you have. No, they don't. Or there's a next step on the calendar. It's all good and it's all okay. And the more you can just be like, so okay with that, the faster you can move in your business. So I want to talk about, let's get into some of the mistakes we see people making. I think that's a question we get often. I mean, what do you think are the top, let's say three mistakes that entrepreneurs make that stop them from growing their business? Yeah, I would say the biggest one is they don't plan, like they don't revenue model, like truly revenue model. And we teach a little bit of this at sales camp and I go over it with some of my clients in a lot of detail. But they like come up with a number that they need to have and then they have no idea how to get there. So it's just a matter of like, I'm just going to start spinning wheels and working hard and somehow that money is going to show up. It's just really interesting. Like the biggest companies in the world have to revenue model, right? And even if your kid opened, if your kid wanted to open up a lemonade stand, you would take that opportunity to teach them about revenue modeling really quick. Well, the lemonade costs a dollar sixty-seven, so you got to pay me that, and then you can, you know. So it's like we're always in that conversation, except for when it's ourselves. And so I use this joke, you know, if I live in Washington and I want to go to Disney World, I'm not just going to get in my car and drive in a southeasterly fashion. That's a terrible plan. So why do we do that in business? So really, like you say it all the time, Ursula, like, you know, we want to back into it. We want to start from the end and work our way backwards into that. So having that like money plan, I think, is huge. The other thing is we want to do it all ourselves. We don't ask for help. Like, and then we try to get good at things that we're not good at. And I think, you know, we see it as, well, I don't have the money to hire that out. And I think I don't have time to go over it today, but it's a lot of practice that we use in our business is I can show you a way to see that you can't afford to not hire it out. And so that's a big one is that hiring and delegating. And then I think the third thing is just really getting clear on the problem you solve and the need that you meet. Too many times people get wrapped up in what they're selling, how great their thing is, and they never make that connection. So it's a little bit of a marketing issue. You know, we are way past the marketing conversation of, you know, someone calls it buckshot marketing, right? It's like with a shotgun. It's like, I'm just going to like spew out there super randomly and, you know, hit this networking meeting and then I'm not going to go for a couple months and then I'm going to go back to it or I'm going to try Facebook ads for a couple of days and then I'm going to shut it down because I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, part of it is just, you know, getting that clear on who you're serving and what that problem is. So I kind of, you know, talked about that on the last question, but those are the top three things. You don't delegate, you don't have a plan to actually make money 
And, you know, that marketing message is missing because you're just being furiously busy and not tactical about the messaging and who you're trying to reach to. You can't randomly like lose weight, right? So if I said, hey, I'm going to take a bunch of supplements and I'm going to watch a bunch of videos and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm just going to like hit all the machines because they all look good. You know, if I weigh 200 pounds and I do that every single day randomly and I eat celery for five days and then on the sixth day I'm going out for cheeseburgers and beer, like at 90 days, all of a sudden I'm not going to drop 30 pounds overnight. You know, like losing weight specifically is like is the effect of doing a lot of things sequentially or measuring your results or your activities. And even then the weight just comes off a little bit at a time a pound and a half a week. And I tell business owners, this is how making money in a business is. You're not going to do a huge ton of activity. And then all of a sudden, 90 days later, you're going to wake up and there's 500,000 in your account. And you're like, wow, all whatever I did has finally paid off. I wish business worked like that, but it doesn't. It is just like losing weight. It's those activities every day with the planning, with the delegating, with the selling, with the strategizing, all of those conversations, and you'll watch that money grow. The cool thing about that is if you can do that, you can actually build sustainability forever. The worst thing that can happen in business is you have the best sales day or sales month of your life and then have no idea how you did that. I just worked really hard. Wow, I don't even know how you're going to duplicate working really hard. And so those are huge things. Like you guys are real companies. And to be a real company, you kind of have to have that little swift kick from me in that we got to get a plan together. You know, if you build it, they will come does not exist in business. You have to build it and then do some advertising and then get some celebrity impersonators and all of that kind of stuff to make people come to what you're trying to do. So I would say those for me are, are the top three. Yeah, excellent. I want to touch on a few of those things that you talked about. Number one, the revenue model piece, the feedback we get from our clients is that's one of the most important things they do with us. And it's not just they do it once and they're done. They do it terribly usually the first time. Like if anyone nails it the first time, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? This isn't your first rodeo or just something clicks for them. Usually it takes a few times to like get it to what, where they want or to even make sense of what a revenue model is. I had the privilege of learning it by fire, really, because I was growing somebody else's multi-million dollar company, but they showed me very early on how to revenue model a million dollar branch. That's what we called them at the time, technical training branch. And so I had that experience then. And I realized though, when I got into the small business world that no one was really teaching this and no one knew how to do it. And so often that revenue model piece is such a breakthrough, but it, it reverse engineers exactly how to get there. And once Rebecca and I can see your revenue model, we're like, oh, well here, now we can build your sales plan. Now we can build your marketing plan. The other piece though, is from a subconscious perspective. Once your brain sees this, right? And like you remember subconsciously, like your subconscious remembers your revenue model and you start to act from that place. You start to act from the end result without even knowing it. And that's another really powerful piece. And I think that's why we see so many of our clients quantum leap, which we're going to talk about in a moment, but that's a big piece of it is having that major stretch goal. So, you know, we've had clients say, I want a million dollar company. Well, we revenue model the million dollars out, even when they're not even close to that, because it creates a space in the subconscious. So then back to Rebecca's point, it does take all those consistent activities to get there. One other thing I want to touch on though, is I know we have a lot of listeners who are women entrepreneurs, women business owners. And you talked about, you know, the team trying to do it all ourselves. And 
you know, men are so much better than us ladies at this. I mean, men, when they launch a company, many of them, they hire a team very quickly. They're good about their, they know they don't want to do it themselves and they hire the right, the smartest people they can find to <laughs> they surround themselves. Women, we are the team. Some of you are probably laughing right now. You are your team, right? Like you so don't want to hire. You think you can do it all yourself. We're programmed this way for some reason. And so Rebecca and I want to help unprogram you and to remember, and it's not about going out and hiring 10. I mean, I've worked with companies where they have too many employees and they need to let some go because they hired incorrectly. You could start with a virtual assistant for 10 hours a month and offload some of your stuff, which can start helping you learn to delegate and move in a new direction. So don't think it's about hiring a bunch of W2 employees. It's not that at all, but it's about getting the experts in the right place to help you. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think just to touch on that, a lot of, I would just give you a little sneak peek that most of what you can hire out is what we call admin work. And so admin work is not very expensive per hour. It could be between eight and $15 an hour, depending on where you live in the country. And you'd be surprised how fast you can offload that and just literally buy hours and hours and hours of your time back that can be spent growing your business. And when you run the numbers for most of you, your job will drop open because what you'll find out is you're actually losing money by trying to do it all yourself. For sure. And you'll get stuck at a certain revenue level. You'll never mm -hmm. make it past it. Mm -hmm. It'll be like Groundhog Day if you've seen that movie. <laughs> Let's talk about the quantum leap because there are, you know, it's great to have, you know, consistent growth over time and build that business. But, you know, we've seen a lot of our clients make some pretty big leaps in a few months, a year, like their business, their lives become unrecognizable and they're creating legacies. I mean, it's a completely different conversation a year and a half in with some of our clients where they've hired us again, or they're working with us multiple times. And then it becomes, you know, a lot of the conversation is just about mindset and, you know, how do I get to that next level? But what do you think, Rebecca, let's talk about, you know, why do you think some of our clients have taken such massive quantum leaps in a short amount of time. Yeah. So the biggest one that stands out to me is kind of dispelling a myth about coaching, right? Sometimes people hire a coach because we have all the answers. It's like we have magical wands. And so when you hire someone that has a magical wand, it really puts a disconnect between you and the person that's trying to help you with your business. And you almost kind of sit passively waiting for this person to drop a knowledge bomb or to give you like the one, you know, linchpin thing that's going to change everything in your business. And what I've noticed over the years is the clients that step up and partner with me as a coach, like, you know, hey, you know, you guys know what you're doing, you know, especially when they work with the both of us, Ursula, they really get that. But when we create like a partnership, and the goal is like, let's grow this business. There's an openness to the person and we just move so fast. So I'd say willing to be coachable is a big, big thing. And what does that even mean? I'm willing to be coached. Part of it is that you're going to partner up with me, right? So when you show up to our calls, you know, you're wanting me to show up in a place of expertise, skills, knowledge, resources, tools, accountability, right? My job is to hold the space open for you to be the very best business owner that you can be. Well, what does that require from you? That you're actually on your business, that you're like, here's what's not working for me right now. Here's where I need help. I tried this. What is your feedback on this? And so people that come to us that are open like that and partner with us, like, hey, I just got two really awesome business partners or two really board of directors. That's what 
one of our clients said, remember, she's like, oh, I got board of directors. You know, that's what moves so fast. And so that requires a little bit of trust. It requires you being willing to look at what's been holding you back before, i.e. it's usually always like a personal limiting belief. And so those people that are willing to step in with us and partner, like it's just a great partnership. It's like, I think you called it the trifecta, right? It's like you get everything that you need and you can move so fast when you're willing to remove the barriers in front of you. And that includes barriers about who you think we are, who you think you are, and what you think you really deserve in the business. And so sometimes I love working with brand new beginners because they don't have a lot of those limiting beliefs that sometimes we run into with people that have coached with other people. That's probably one of the biggest obstacles that you and I have to overcome is when someone's coached with somebody else, it hasn't worked in the past. And so I would say like being ready to move and know that we're your partners is one of the biggest things that I see people there. The other thing is they're very clear on their why, you know? So I am doing this business because I want to retire my husband or I want to have freedom or I'm saving lives with my thing. Like I change people's lives. I've got to get it out to as many people as possible. So when your why is bigger than who you even are, like that's how important it is, is you don't, you can't afford to get caught up in your own crap because that's what you're doing. That's what you're solving. That really helps people move very quickly as well because they're very clear about the vision and that it's bigger than who they are and who they can affect. And honestly, even if you sell like a widget, you know, and you're like, well, I don't change lives. I don't save lives with my business. But the convenience of things are huge. And again, that goes back to a couple of questions ago when we talked about not assuming what we know or what we think other people will do or what they need. You know, so I mean, I can think of some of the coolest little gadgety things that have saved me time, saved me money, got me further. I mean, we live in a world of technology and apps. It's hard for me to understand what my life was like 15 years ago without apps. (laughs) You know, I use apps for so many things. So, you know, being able to connect with like, hey, how does this affect change? How does it help people with convenience? How does it give them entertainment and fun? Like we all need to kind of drill down into like what is the outcome of our thing? Because the truth is there's hundreds and thousands of people that are waiting for your service or your product. And so you really got to take yourself out of your little story that you have, that you can't be big or that you got to take it slow or that you're not ready. You know, those are the beliefs that hold people back from doing big things. And honestly, in coaching, that's what holds us back as coaches as well. When I've got someone that's like, the sky's the limit and what do you think about this crazy idea and all of that, that actually stretches me as a coach. And what's great is I show up even more for you because that's the vibration that we all have together. So you got to be coachable and you got to have this, you really got to think about your why. Yeah, agreed. And to be in it every day. And the other thing I think I've noticed is that the clients who made the fastest quantum leaps didn't stop, right? Nothing ever stopped them. They might show up to a call having a bad day, a bad month, a bad moment, an ad didn't work, but they came to the, they showed up for their coaching session, ready to say, Hey, (laughs) like, here's where I'm stuck. Get me through this now. So they're like, you talked about before, they're great at reaching out for help. And they typically have a team of experts. You know, they have coaches, 
us. They have healers. You know, they probably work with other coaches, other experts. It's like an expert in every area of their life to help pull them forward so they don't get stopped. They might have to pivot. Something might look different, but they were mm-hmm. they're willing to move quickly and they're very decisive. And we could spend a whole call on talking about, you know, making decisions. I know you talk about that yeah. a lot. We're almost out of time. I, I know you already talked a little bit about team systems processes. I mean, that's your awesome expertise. We touched on that. Is there anything else you want to say about just scaling or getting to that next level that you think it's important for our listeners to know? Yeah, I would just say like the two most important things that I would tell someone, you know, that's kind of struggling in their business or starting in business is number one, you got to know the numbers. And I already feel a bunch of people going like, but I don't like numbers. I'm not good at math. Yeah, it has nothing to do with math. You just, like I said, with the Disney World thing, you just got to know where you're going. If you can tell your coach a destination, we can build a revenue model. Once you have that, that literally is the blueprint to your business. And then I would say the second thing is I would challenge everyone to be, what is the next person I need to hire? Where do I need help? The people that are willing to do those two things fast start scaling very quickly. Because I think you said it earlier, getting to your first 100,000 seems to be the hardest. And what's crazy about that is when you do get to your first 100,000, you'll actually realize how painful that is because you don't have any team systems or revenue plan. (laughs) So, you know, when you figure that out, then that's where we see companies go to 250, 500, a million when they're really embracing those things. So money has to have a plan. That means you have to have a financial plan. And yes, it's okay to charge people for what you do. And then the second thing is, what can you start delegating right away so that you're always in your highest and best use of time? And leadership's part of that. That is a big part of leadership. We talk a lot about it, especially in coaching. And that's the first level of leadership is just asking for help. Excellent. Well, I know, I'm sure some people are wondering, well, how could we work with you? And, you know, I just want to encourage you, whether it's us or someone else, find a coach, you're 95% mm-hmm. more likely to reach your goals if you have a coach. And Rebecca always says this, we're not everybody's coaches. And that's cool. But I have a feeling if you're listening to this podcast, you've been listening for a while, you're curious about working with us. And the first and easiest step to work with us is to come to sales camp. It's our two day course. And over those two days, we work on everything from selling, how to set an appointment, how to close the sale, to touching on scaling. We dig deep into pricing for a lot of our clients and getting their 90-day numbers together to figure out you know, what their stretch goal is. And just a lot of powerful, powerful things happen during the two days. So what we wanted to let you know today is that if you're listening to this podcast and to the end, which you are, and I want to thank you, we would love to give you a special, special, what I call an event price. Like if you came out and saw us at a live event, we'd give you a special price. So if you go to the website, my website, salescoachnow.com, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a sales camp icon. If you go there now, the retail price is $9.97. So what I recommend is to email me directly, U-R-S-U-L-A, Ursula at salescoachnow.com or contact at salescoachnow.com. And in the subject line, just put sales camp. And then in the message to say, I was listening to the podcast and I'd love the special gifted price for sales camp that Ursula talked about. So we give you a nice discount. So email me, Ursula at salescoachnow or contact at salescoachnow.com. And we'll make sure that you get that. Rebecca, this has been so much fun. I want to thank you again for being here. I know that this is going to be one of those podcast sessions that people listen to multiple times. So thanks for being here. And I can't wait for our next sales camp. It's coming up soon. We're going to have a blast. I know. I'm excited too. Thank you. I think we could just do like a whole series. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I 
think we're going to have to talk about that this week. So how we're going to make that happen. And again, thank you to all of our listeners all over the world. We love hearing from you. You can always email us at contact at salescoachnow.com or email me directly at Ursula at salescoachnow.com. If you haven't gotten our free gift yet, you can go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift six secrets to doubling your sales. It's a PDF. It's really easy. But if you're having kind of a weird week in sales or a great week and you want to get to the next level, download it, put it in front of you. It'll help you get to that next level or definitely come out to our next sales camp event. Email me about that. Again, thanks everybody. And we just want to wish you your most epic month yet. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now. Oh, 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 oh